I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined by the famous Joe in Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Yeah. Uh, hello, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> I thought for a minute we were going to be joined by the famous Joe. Uh, us um, and then the second part of that Joe is Bradley Tom. Brad, hello. Good evening, Tom. Sorry, Brad, you got a bit of a muted response there because I was kind of disappointed by the underwhelming response from Jason. So <laughs> I expected a lot more from Jason, was it? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't sign Brad's myself. Fa- I, think, I think Brad's more famous. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. when you pick out people that 50 to 1 to qualify for the Open because they got Tartan Pro Golf Tour form, then you probably deserve to be more famous than us. So, um, fair play. Uh, look, a couple of tournaments to, to reflect on last week very, very quickly. Uh, Daniel Hillier, uh, brilliant. Hillier, Hillier, um, brilliant at the Belfry. Uh, great finish there. Mm-hmm. It was only last week I tweeted saying that we should keep an eye on him and I didn't bet on him and he won. So, that's just the way I you go with those. You were going to be on him. That's why I remember messaging you on, on Sunday. I was like, "You're on him, right?" And you're yeah, like, it, I, like it, was, it was one of those ones where like, I, it all kind of lined up. And then even when me and Sky talked about it on the Mayo show, like he had played well at the Belfry on the different course, things like the PJ National course or something like that. And I was just so happy with kind of Jordan Ramsey, Walters. So I just thought, uh, I don't really need someone else in there. Like three's fine. Um, just wait for Hillier to to come to triple digits again uh, and it was a mistake so you, you live and die with those um, and then the Rock- Ricky Fowler was pretty straightforward on the Rocket Mortgage in the end I know it took a little bit of work to get the job done and brilliant yeah. shot on 18 in regulation and you know even better in the playoff really when you think about it where he had to come from to to win it um, just great to have him back in the winner's circle and it's been well deserved we've, we've had a few like that now that have just kind of pounced on good form and, and got back in the winning circle Brad this season so good to Definitely. see that it's really good to see like and also Fowler it looked like he was sort of losing it down that stretch didn't he so yeah it was brilliant that he came I back I don't think he, he he didn't birdie after the seventh pole or something ridiculous until the yeah. 18th so yeah. it, it shows just how hard it is and you could tell he you know was really relieved by his reaction which I thought was great yeah, and just looked up to the heavens, didn't they? <laughs> it, it just it just reminds you to stick with these players, I think, because they will come good again. Um, obviously, it's been a, a long time in indulgence for Fowler before he went back to Butch this year, but all paid off in the end. Um, mm-hmm. Jace, any thoughts on the previous weekend's golf? No, I mean, Fowler, very telegraphed, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. you, you, even if you just don't look at his form, you go by the bed, um, you know, 80, 100 to 1, not that long ago, and slowly and slowly slowly creeping up the board, creeping up the board. Went off joint favourite last week, I think. Yeah. Um, fair play to him. I, 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 you know, I said, I, I just find it remarkable how he and Jason Day careers have, have gone up and down at virtually exactly the same time. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, a few months apart. But in terms of their, their careers, to be like the new superstars, then to lose it completely, um, incredible just unbelievable how it's gone but yeah you know he, he deserved it he's been trending right hasn't he and, yep. and it's very mm-hmm. as a punter if you're not particularly worried about the price you know he, he was well like i say he was he was telegraphing that win and and he did it so can't knock him as for the other one yeah well played Hillier. i mean uh, i think i don't know who was on i was on ferguson anyway last week um yeah. never thought that was quite enough um, read a really good interview with him that he'd done with Martin Dempster 
after he'd, he'd won. He said he went for it. Um, fantastic to see him back. And uh, I'm sure that we'll be talking about him in about five minutes' time. Yeah, Ferguson bounced back from really poor opening nine, didn't he, on Thursday. So I think he got in at 68 or 69 on, on Thursday. It was kind of upwards from there. So great to see from him. And, and we'll talk about that in a little while. Two events this week, Made in Himmerland and the John Deere Classic. We'll start with Made in Himmerland, where Thjorbjörn Olesen and Nikolai Hoygaard are the joint favourites at home at 18-1, to 1, with Alexander Bjork also 18-1. to 1. Jordan Smith, 22 to 1. Yannick Paul, 25 to 1. Adrian Atehi and Rasmus Hoygaard, 25 to 1 as well. Um, Brad, I come to you first. Quite a familiar looking top of the pods board right now. I mean, it's just kind yeah. of the, the same names every single time. And I guess for good reason. I, I was actually surprised to see Ollison favourite. Not to say that I didn't think he would, like he's good enough to be or doesn't deserve to be, but I, he normally seems to be one of this group that gets. You know, it's a couple of points bigger than the others. Yeah, I think he, I think he warrants it though, to be honest. And yeah. sort of been creeping back into a little bit. Of, I mean, that last result of the British Masters, obviously defending's never easy. Um, but yeah, good performance there, and obviously home soil as well. You always, you always get a bit shorter on that aspect, even though he's he's not got the best record here, has he? Like, I mean, he's had a seventh on his first when well, his younger career, but yeah, I, I still think he's uh, he's a, a fair enough price. Um, but yeah, for me, at the top of the market, I had to. I hate myself. Huh. I've gone for uh, Alexander Bjork because um, I keep going there, and it, it, yeah, I, as I said, I hate myself. But anyway, he he's been seriously good tee to green, um, especially last week. He gained over ten strokes, led the field in that category. Um, he was also second on approach. Um, seriously no he was pretty poor off the tee I won't go seriously uh, but yeah he was pretty poor off the, uh, off the tee uh, but he was terrible on the greens he lost over 2.7 strokes um, but yeah that's unlike him he's he's normally a, a top putter he's ranked ninth on the tour for putting he's not usually that poor so I can't imagine he'll be that bad again um, yeah that's the hope that he bounces back here with a better performance with the flat stick um, but the question is does he does it ever click into the place at the right time um and that's been the problem for him over the years he seems to excel in one area whereas another part of his game drops um he has five top tens in his last six starts uh but that not once has he really looked like uh winning um there's just not really a killer instinct there when he's in contention and with just one win in five years at this level um there's definitely a monkey back on his back uh, and we know it's tough to win. Uh, we say it all the time. And yeah, I'm not really exactly selling him here. Uh, but he has been <laughs> playing. Like you're, some... you're, talk, you're talking about yourself. No, I'm though. getting there. I'm getting there. He, <laughs> but he, but he's, he's playing some incredible golf recently, was what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And he, lo- he loves Himmerland. Uh, 31st, 25th, sixth, and 18th in four appearances. It is a great course for him. Like you don't have to necessarily have lots of distance here to win we see we we all we see all types win um and yeah he's also um he's got a a bit of corresponding form like sip in qatar uh third and eighth at the golf national they're two exposed courses that have had plenty of crossover and form with himaland um obviously fourth not so long ago in belgium at the rinkfin um, another short course, lots of risk and reward holes, which we see also here at Himmerland. Um, yeah, as I said, all types win here. 
I think it's a course that fits him down to the ground on paper. I'm a sucker for pain, but yeah, I'm I'm in on him. And just with the way he's been playing, I think if he's going to do it, it'll be on a spot like this. So that's my spill on Bjork. I, th- I think at least with Bjork, there was that one, it was the, the European Open, wasn't it, where he was the 54-hole leader and he he did obviously at the final round 75 to lose. But like, yeah, so he has a... He has wow. at least been in the contention. Like, if you'd have just seen 16th, 14th, 4th, 29th, 6th, 9th, 8th, and there was never a chance, then mm-hmm. that would be slightly discouraged. I mean, look, I, I still just, I was really tempted by him this week because I, I thought the top of the market was a little bit, it had some question marks over it. Like, I, I understand Odyssey and Hoygaard's favouritism. I think Hoygaard's coming back and should play pretty well at this level. Um, but Smith's got question marks. Yannick Paul and Otegi, I like both of them, but didn't yeah. get there. So, like, he would be the clear and obvious choice for me. I just couldn't do it, which is why I kind of just start my uh, start my card a little bit further down. But I, I do get this sentiment. And, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately, you want players like this to win. You want people to, to you know, yeah. take advantage of that form and, and get the win they deserve. So, you know, I'm not on, but I understand why. Um, Jason. That was probably not quite the five minutes we suggested. Maybe maybe six, seven uh, on you and Ferguson and why you're betting him this week. Um, well, you talk about like you go through the top of the list and, and you know Hogarth. I don't think this this suits his um, strength game. If you like, you've got uh, Olison who's missed three out of his four cuts here. Um, Bjork, who you know, full respect to Bjork, I think we've been on two or three times at least this year, yeah. uh, but never wins. And then you go down a little bit further and you've got proven winners not that long ago. And yeah, for me, I know Ferguson was a much bigger price, but you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't do this on Monday morning. So we have to do it now. Um, look, last week was a massive hint. If you want a Ricky Fowler hint, I thought the Ferguson hint last week was absolutely huge. Um, it's only 14 months since he threw away his, his potentially first win in Kenya, uh, which works for me. Win, wins in Qatar, which we've already discussed, is you know a perfect correlation. Um, Gags home at Galborn Castle done really, really well there. Would have made it three uh, for the year, except, of course, Ollie Wilson, your mate. Yeah. Um, Ollie Wilson just put up, well, have, having not been able to, to putt for a considerable period of the final round, uh, puts that, well, a couple of putts that, that, well, they killed me off. I don't know if they killed Ferguson. <laughs> they certainly destroyed me. Um, and there we are. I mean, he would have been a three-time winner. We said the week after that we believed he would be, um, he, he was the moral winner of the, of the event. He was the best um, player on the park, I think. Um, Wilson, look, we can't knock Oliver Wilson. At the end of the day, he's won the Daniel Lynch, which is his other, his other win. And that works again absolutely perfectly with this week. Yep. Um, I, I just think he, he's, you know, he's right back. Um Last eight starts, he's got top four finishes in South Africa. Tenth in Netherlands, fought with Green Eagle, which um, I think he was top 10 for the first 54 holes. Um, flew through on Sunday, as we all know. Uh, went for the lead um, at the last. I couldn't believe he actually had a chance. Went for the lead at the last. Um, and he had said to Martin Dempster, of the Scotsman, that he was disappointed with it. But he, he went for the win. And he said, "This is." I thought this was quite interesting. He said as he was patting it, he was thinking of Ollison's putt from last year yeah. and he knew the line that Ollison took. So he was trying to go for that. Now, he comes to a course where he knows the line that um, Oliver Wilson took last year. And, and I just, it's quite interesting the way that he's, I don't know if golfers think like this all the time, I have no idea. But the fact that he thought like that 
the fact that he's been in contention last year and he watched and he got beat by somebody that he watched very closely, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like it. I, I thought I thought everything about him just flies out. I mean, if people have been getting 40 or one and stuff like that on Betfair and things, that's just ridiculous price. When you consider you can have him at the same price of somebody like, um, and I'm not having a go at the York at all. I'm just going to go mm-hmm. at the price. Uh, when you can have him at the same sort of price as, you know, let's say Olsen. Okay. No, no Dane has won this since God knows, since um, Thomas Bjorn won it when it was called St. Nelson, a completely different track. But no Dane's, you know, come close really to win this. Having said that, I've got one later on. Um, you've got Hogard missing the thing, and you can have any two of Olison, Hogard, Bjork, Atagi, Yannick Paul, who's going up and down like a proverbial, um, the leaderboard and not doing it. Um, and Rasmus, who's obviously, you know, basically something wrong with him, isn't there? Yeah, he's hurt. Um, I, I just think I just think at 41, when you could have had any two of them against Ferguson in form, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all, I think. I think 25 is what he is in the place. Um, I, I would shove a couple of those others out to the same price as Ferguson. Massive, massive, massive chance. Yeah, I, I, you know, you look at his uh, second here that you obviously spoke about there, uh, is actually higher rated than his first win. So it was obviously an impressive performance. He's got a win a second of the first in those events. And yeah, I, I, I do think he has that sort of X factor. He seems quite... Automatic. The the interview that he gave was impressive. He he seems to have that about him. And I think this is, you know, I always link this back to like this modest golf thing. I'm pretty sure he's with modest golf. And like I think they do identify these players and and their kind of personalities and the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like just just they can just see them as being these big talents at some point. And and he strikes me as that. So definitely see a big future for Ferguson. I do agree. I do agree. The price. I mean, when he opened up 45 to one, it was huge. It, it's not that now. It's 33s, but I do still think there's a little bit of value in that. And one of my picks in a minute is, is in the same position. So uh, I'll go on to that. Uh, Matthew Jordan is 50 to one now, down from the 75 to one that he opened. But uh, I, I think the 75 was just wrong. I think the 50 is, you know, about right, if not still a little bit long. I thought 40s would still be okay. He's then since gone and qualified for Hoy Lake, which is his home event, or home course, should I say. He's been 34th or better in his last four starts. And ironically, the 34th last week was actually probably progress. Like, it was actually his best chance to win of the of the four starts. He was, um, you know, ninth for the Scandinavian mix the week before. But Jordan was only three strokes back going into the final round last week. And, you know, I, I just thought, I didn't think that he had a chance to win because it was just so stacked at the top. But... The fact he was playing pretty well at a golf course that he's previously disliked, I was I was really encouraged by that. Then you look at the fact that his ball striking was a little bit off last week. Again, I'd probably attribute that to the fact that he's not, you know, quite comfortable with the belfry as he's shown in previous years. I think that actually his 34th place finish, which should have been a lot better, given the fact that he was 11th going into the final round, was actually a real, real sign of encouragement. You look at the fact that he's coming back to a golf course, he finished up fourth that last year, which included a Saturday 62 and. I've got bundles of uh, confidence in Matthew Jordan again at 50 to one, which is a real 360 for me. Who was someone that I was kind of put off by the fact that he wasn't really getting in contention. It felt felt a little bit like Alexander Bjork in the sense that he was getting there but never really taking steps forward. Um, but but I think he can now. So Matthew Jordan at 50 to one, I like a lot. I like it, mate. Do, do you think that um, with him qualifying now, that might affect him playing? This yeah, uh, uh, no, I think he'll still play, and I think he knows that. 
he's in good form. And if it was yeah. a golf course that, because he's, he's had a few where he's playing them for the first time, so he's still relatively new to the tour. But the fact that he's finished fourth here last year, yeah. uh, I think it's just fine. He'll just turn up and play well. So you think so too? I, I don't. I, I think it would be silly for him not to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, if he pulls out, he pulls out. It, you know, I've got another couple in the same sort of price range, but he, he was the one that, that kind of stood out to me at the top. But um, one of the others, one of the others I considered, Jason, was Pablo the Rathabound. I think you're uh, going with him again this week at 41. Yeah. Mercurial player, mercurial track, if you like. A bit strange, isn't it? Um, hmm. That 100 and whatever yard, whatever they want to make it, they can make it 79 yard, that par three, can't they? <laughs> um, lots of enthusiasm from the Danes. Um, I actually said that if um, Liv were to have uh, Liv Denmark, they may well have an event where they've got a capital letter in the middle of their name. Um, they've got a par three that can range from 79 to 125 yards, et cetera, et cetera. And they've got a bit loony around there. So, um, yeah, you'd think the Rathabelle would absolutely love it. Um, it's sort of it's a bit weird, but it reminds me very much of um, when he goes to France and he, and he plays that sort of tournament. Is that especially that hole it's you know reasonably the, the the crowd are quite closed in they're very enthusiastic etc etc et anyway it's a bit like ferguson you know he's a proven winner um, obviously he's won twice in his last so in his last um three starts at this level he's won twice obviously one was yeah. in between that's got the us open and the pga um you've got a take about half the price of loretta bell he's beaten him twice already this year um Otegi obviously won in uh, Valderrama, but I just don't see why a nine-time winner on the European Tour is is a bigger price than him. Um, loads of forgiveness off the tee, which is fine for Pablo. That should set him up to uh, smashing his irons. Um, he's done that very well in India, Korea, uh, and in Germany. Um, his effort around the green wasn't great, but I'm hoping that here he won't need too much of that. Um, as it stands, he's got some very good scrambling efforts this year anyway. Um, so bogey shouldn't really come. Um, three efforts here, uh, fourth and 19th place. Missed the cut on the number last year um, after a really poor run of form. I, I, you know, I'm not sure what else you really want. Um, Ferguson came into this event looking for his third win of the year. Pablo's coming here looking for his third win of the year. See what happens. It, it, he's only priced and sort of said the same I think this was uh, at the BMW where he was 33 to 1 still and had you know two course wins um, very similar case like people just don't believe he can win three times he, this year and it's just he may he may have Tom he may have yeah. gone he may have yeah. had his, his highlight and he may have gone right yeah. mm-hmm. I have no idea but he's had two weeks off so he's had plenty of time to prepare yeah. um, and he plays okay around here so look it's just not that there's a lot of these where we can look at it and go, but if, but if, but. I think Ferguson's, for me, the only one that you can say not if or but. Um, but I think everybody else, you can say that. And like I say, you know, you've got Alexander Bjorkres at one. I'm so really sorry, Brad. I don't mean it. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I, as I said, I hate myself. Uh, Rasmus, who's, who's, who's injured or dead or something, yeah? yeah. Um, and, and Bob, who's not doing it at all at the moment. Um, and if he's going to, he's going to come alive over the next two weeks. And and you've got a two-time winner, nine-time winner on tour, who's won in this class within the last six, twice within the last six events. Well, I don't know what you want. Yeah, it's just, it literally is just one of those ones where people just refuse to accept it can happen three times over. And I, I think that's, I think what people are not realising, or maybe, maybe they are realising, just don't, still don't care. But like, the, the depth's not what it was when Pablo Rafael was at his bottom. So that's why he's winning four times in two years. Like, yeah. 
he was fourth on debut here. As, as you said, he was fifth and fourth over the weekend. He led after round one in his second start here. Uh, was fourth going into the weekend and finished 19th. So he's probably in the best form, if you know, maybe not slightly the best form, but not far off the best form of his career. Um, and he's 40 to one to win it, of course. He's got fourth and 19th. So there's not really much else to to add to it, is there? You know, it's very obvious and. People either go with it or they won't. Like it's it's just as simple as that. There's not really much else to add there, I don't think. Um I'm coming on to another one now. Matthew Pavon, who I feel like we, we sort of convinced ourselves was gonna be a better player by now. I think we thought he was gonna break through, have his win and stick out, and the win just hasn't come yet. I'm just winning to to give him another go. He's been the best ball striker in his field now over the past eight weeks, leading tee to green and approach. He finished seventh last time out in the Porsche European Open, which is his best performance for a little while now. Uh, he's three for four in terms of made cuts here. He opened with a 66 on debut. And the last two starts, he's been 25th and 41st. But when he was 41st, he was 17th going into the weekend as well. So just that ball striking prowess for me, the way he's playing, um, I just, I just wonder. He strikes me as the type of person that can make enough birdies to contend here and keep himself in the mix. Um, I, I love the seed screen stuff that he's been doing, obviously. And I think when Pavon's doing that, you have to keep your eye out. There's obviously talk about this being a Lynx-style test. He's got the third at the Scottish Open. I love Portugal Masters, which I didn't actually uh, talk about when it came to Matthew Jordan, who was fifth there, but. I went on a little bit of a spree of, of messaging Brad with a load of uh, Portugal links earlier. Um, and, it, and it's actually a pretty ridiculous uh, run. I'm just going to bring this, this up just so I can um, kind of share it with everybody. But like, if, if you look, so uh, Stephen Brown was second here. He won in Portugal. Oliver Wilson was one here. He finished top 10 in Portugal. We spoke got multiple top fives in Portugal, one here. Uh, Jonathan Thompson was 25th in Portugal, second here. He's got very limited form. Uh, Matt Wallace um, is a is a winner here, and he's got a first uh, in a Portuguese event as well on the Challenge Tour. Not the same course, but I liked that. Peter's won here, one in Portugal. So I just thought there was plenty of that. Guido was uh, second here, top 15 in Portugal. There's plenty of stuff to like about Portugal, and that's where Pavon had his best chance a couple of years ago when we were on. Uh, and he finished tied second. So a lot to like about that. I, I don't know whether it's a, a strength of field thing. I don't know if it's you've got to make a bunch of birdies. I don't, I don't know quite what it is that's suggesting these two events are, are linked, but we do see a lot of Qatar crossover and Qatar crosses over with Portugal, as we kind of speak about quite a lot. So I like it. Um, I, I think it's great. I mean, this was a 30 under event last year. I mean, it shouldn't be a 30 under event, but it is um it's been 19 under it's been sorry the portugal masters was 30 under but like it it's just it's just the way those scores are kind of leaning i just think pavon suits that 21 under the last two years here 30 under portugal masters kind of in his wheelhouse so i like pavon i didn't think i would like him but we're here and i like it so going with that uh for 251s off the top of the board there jordan and pavon for me uh, Jason, circle us back round with Guido Migliozzi at 55 to 1. Well, I think obviously, people are going to be spitting feathers what he did last week. Mm. Um, you know, heavily backed 90 at 1, I think he was at one point last week. Um, but quite honestly, like I said earlier, I think he's, he's 
performing for 54 holes. And I, it really isn't that far away. I know last Sunday was, was, you know, a shocker. But that makes him 55 to 1 or whatever he is, as opposed to 35 to 1. You know, if he'd have finished 8th or ninth, he'd be 35 to 1 now. So can we forgive it? And that's what you're paying for. That um, you've, you've already covered it. I mean, Guido, obviously beaten by... Um, I keep getting beat by these mental putters. Uh, Guido <laughs> beaten by um, a mad putt from Rosner uh, in Qatar. You said he's got the Portugal form. He's got Crans form, which absolutely works. Um, he's a winner, winning Kenya, which links him to um, Ewan Ferguson. Uh, of anything else, who obviously was runner up last year, should have won it. So there's there's so much in his his back catalogue that's and not too far away that suggests that um, you know that this really is a chance if he is if he is back. Do I do you think he's back? That's ultimately um, ultimately where we are. If he is back, fifty five is still too big. Um, I mean, let's face it. Look, he came off. Look at what he's done this year since he's since he's come back from all the nonsense. Right, he hit that 64 in Japan, third round, had a chance to win there uh, and muffed it up on the Sunday. Career is nowhere, flies through the field in 63 on the last day. Um, BMW, he played really well over there. Um, he's finished top 10. And then last week, he led after three rounds. So there's a trend there, but it's not quite as obvious as somebody like um, Ferguson or, or even Bjork or Fowler or somebody like that. It's yeah. not quite as obvious that he's going to do it. But hidden behind it, is, is some really good stuff. I mean, for three rounds last week, he was uh, in positive figures, tee to green. And then he lost over five shots on Sunday. So it obviously completely and utterly fell apart. Um, it's obviously not as tight here. He's going to have a bit of freedom. Um, it, it, he's proven he can do it everywhere. So he does it on the openness of Qatar and he does it on the sort of tight tracks of Kenya. Um, how, how much is he back? That's all you've got to do. And exactly like Fowler is... You know, people were backing him at whatever, 101, 81, 60, 50, 30, 20, and whatever it was last week, 16. Uh, it's just about when you win. He's going to win. He's going to win. There's no question. It's just about how far you get. I mean, if he finishes, I mean, obviously, you've got the two big tournaments coming up. But if he finishes top 10 here this week, he shortens up for another mini tournament or, or less important tournament, should I say, um, going forward. And it just keeps continuing until he wins. Um, but over 50 to 1 in this field. Um, yeah, 100%. 100%. I have to stick with it. Yeah, I think, I think interestingly enough, like if he did top 10 here without like maybe contending and didn't kind of catch people's eye on Sunday, I think it'd be interesting for the, the Scottish Open, which is obviously a deeper field where he's odds to be a little bit bigger. And look, the trend of your pick so far, Chase, is proven winners. Ferguson, Rafa Bell and, and Guido. Um, I, I think so. I, do you know what? I, yeah. I don't think it's, well, it is proven winners. I just think it's, it's, there's too many short ones that are not. Yeah, rather no. you know, this sounds, sounds a bit this is asked about face, but you know what I mean. It's it's I have to look away from ones that are just don't win. Um, yeah, I, I think, well. but I think and I don't, ones that don't you know, win win eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's, it's interesting. They do, they do, they do. But but I want eighty to one about them. In fact, we're going to come up to one. I want sorry, I'll, I'll go sixty six because it'll pull me <laughs> up. Right? right, you know, I want sixty six to hundred. I don't want twenty or twenty five. In, if someone's knocking on the door repeatedly and finishing top 10, you can't have them at that price. No. I think, Brad, I think... Brad, you're the one person I would never argue with. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it's, um... I know, but I just want I just want one Guido Migliozzi against, yeah. um, against two of maybe some of the top. That, that, you know, like, I, I like I like Julian Guerrier. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Um, 
and I like, I don't know, flipping Oshino, but you know, mm-hmm. Guido at the moment at the price just just uh, for me it just stands out. So um, there we are. Look, look, you know, like I say, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you, Brad. You're, you're taking <laughs> off. You but, um, I'd, I'd, I'd like you. I just, I just, I just, I just don't want to bet sub sub twenty to one about. You know, yeah. Anyway. Like, it, it's it's like, <laughs> one. What I was sort of coming to Rogues. thing though is that with the with this event, so you've got Mark Warren who had won three times on the DP World Tour, uh, or two times, sorry, on the DP World Tour yeah. before winning here and was a four-time winner. David Horsey had won three times before winning here and made it his fourth win. Uh, Thomas Peace has had two wins, made this his third win of uh, six. Julian Suri did win his first event here. Matt Wallace was winning uh, his third event of the year and fourth overall when he won here. But Wiesberger was making his this like fourth and fifth win. And Oliver Wilson had won the Dunhill Links eight years prior and had lost four playoffs, as we obviously know earlier in his career, and was a two-time win on the Challenge Tour. So it does look like, I mean, I'm talking myself out of my own picks here, but it does look like you've kind of got to have... Um, you know, some winning pedigree and need to, to get the job done here. I mean, look, Brad's gone with someone who has won on the DP World Tour in Bjork and, and the form is just, there's just such a high oh, floor with him. Eight, eight I, years ago. Yeah, I I have gone with players in Jordan and Pavon who I think ultimately can win on the DP World Tour and once they get one could double up quite quickly in like a Ferguson style thing. So there's going to be different profiles to this. It's just going to be how you do it. It's just one of those weird events where it's really hard to nail down what part of the board you want to live in. And mm-hmm. look, the next one for me is, is another one in the same mould of, you know, what I've been talking about in terms of people that need to, to find their wins. And it's David Law. Um, he's just been an absolute monster off the tee. And I think eventually that's going to, you know, play into his hands. He has won the Vic Open. So it's not like he, he hasn't won. He's won in Scotland on the Challenge Tour, beating JB Hansen, ironically, as a Dane. So he, he's got it about him. I just, he needs to put the things together. Like his last four events with the driver, he's been, or well, last five events, he's been seventh, 18th, first, eighth and eighth in strokes gain off the tee, which I just think is, is brilliant for someone like Law because he does it with a combination, a nice blend of accuracy and distance. Um, and I'm just waiting for his irons to click. And interestingly enough, in the final round last week at the Belfry, he ranked seventh in the field and gaining two and a half strokes on approach. So to, to me, that is enough. Uh, to go with him. He's four for four for made cuts here without ever really excelling. Um, but he's been six, 12 and 15th for his last three starts. I just really feel like this could be a good golf course for David Law. Um, it hasn't been so far, but I think we've seen this in recent years where players have been consistent at golf course, but never quite broken through. And it might be a case of finding a few more parts. It might be hitting a little bit closer, which Law uh, needs to do based on his recent sort of iron play. Um, but I'm happy to go with him looking at his couple of wins being in sort of exposed layouts and things like that. So, um, yeah, going to stick with David Law and, and see what happens at 55 to 1. Um, quite happy with him there. Brad, just before I move on, you know, Jason was talking about Guido Migliozzi there. And the one thing you sort of said to me earlier was a potential link to the French Open, which obviously playing his hands as well. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, it's just we've seen some crossover with the French Open here over the years. Obviously, it's another sort of exposed course and it's like it's rewards ball strikers again, like T to Green. 
Um, and yeah, Bern Viesweiser. Oh, God, I never say his name. Viesweiser. <laughs> God, why do I want to say Viesweiser? Um, yeah. Viesweiser has won both events. Uh, Migliozzi, as you just said. Um, and then you got crossover with uh, Oliver Wilson, Thomas Peters, and as you said earlier, uh, Julian Siri. So yeah, plenty of crossover there. Um, so yeah, I like that one a lot. Another, another boost for Pablo. Then. Another boost. Another boost for Pablo. That's it. Well, there you go. Fight, we've just boosted your picks up, uh, Jace. Give us another one for Marcus Helikilda. Oh, this is this is really. I mean, I had a look at. Uh, you have to when it's links. You have to look at the likes of Eddie Pepperell. You have to look at um, Matt Jordan, and 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 I actually done all this before. Obviously, today's result. Yeah. Um, Jordan and Southgate obviously are both through uh, to the Open. And interestingly, you talk about Matt Wallace. He he won, didn't he? Um, wherever today. Did um, he? Yeah, yeah. So previous winner of, uh, did, yeah. of the um, Himalayan competition as well. So it's quite interesting, really. That, that those. I mean, you can't have much more of a links link, can you? You know what I mean. Yeah. It's just become, I mean, this is this is basically links all over, and, and yeah, actually the, the uh, leaderboard says it. But where am I? Sorry. Oh yeah. Helen um, Kilda. Helen Kilda. I'm a bit worried about Helen Kilda. I know, I know myself uh, and Brad. I think put him up. Big fan, yeah. Last year and this year as as somebody to follow. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure if he's injured again or not. He had major issues halfway through last year. Uh, came back. Um, the thing that caught my eye is that there have been. Hints of promise. I mean, they're early on in the year, you know, top 20s at Singapore, um, Japan, and then obviously running up in Korea. Um, excellent performance. And then he seems to have, he has gone a bit, but mm. he comes alive um, around uh, around Himalayan. Um, you know, he's played twice here on the Nordic, Nordic League and come fifth. He's got a 25th and 8th on the DP tour. Um, he hit 64. Um, Final round on his initial appearance, opened with a 63 last year um, and went out and told everybody you know, that he knows 90% of the people on the course. Um, and you can see it. I mean, I actually remember him playing last year and I thought he got a bit overawed down the, down the back stretch, really. Um, but he comes alive, absolutely comes mm-hmm. alive. Here. And if you look at it, that he's sort of hints of his best form, 12th Qatar, uh, 12th at the Dutch Open. Um, obviously, he's really played really well at Barracuda and Barbasol over there. Um, and and you, you've, you're going to have to forgive half a dozen events. And I'm not I'm not in any way saying this is a great bet at all. I just oh. think if Hillekelder is going to come back, it's going to be here because he yeah. just thrives. He just raises his game completely. He's a three-time winner on the Challenge Tour two years ago, you know, including winning the finale. He was absolutely brilliant. Um I do suspect. I don't know what you think, Brad. I do suspect there's a there's a serious injury there somewhere. Yeah, I, um, I agree. With everything you just said, Jason. Like, I, obviously, there's something not right at the moment. He come back really hot off that break. He's had like two months out, didn't he? Then 14 from Japan, second in Korea. But yeah, he's sort of gone in a really bad spell at the moment. Uh, but as you said, I do think if there is a place he's going to come alive again, it will be will be here, 100. percent it's just, I'm a bit, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the the other worry is, of course, is he turning up just because it's here, and he's basically fat, and he needs another operation. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me, and this is, this really, I'm doing this bet down completely, <laughs> um, but it just wouldn't surprise me if he played this and then went missing for two months, because he wants to play this so badly. Now that can be a plus or a negative. I've taken it as a plus, and I, I think he might give us a bit of a better run than than, than people think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But he's a, like I say, he loves it here. I mean, you, you know, you must do if you hit 64 and 63 in your last eight starts. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that um, he gets on the Panadol and... Uh, Massively high ceiling, isn't it? So it's worth taking a gamble at that yeah. price. And of course, he loves. I guess it's just it's just situational, isn't it? It's got to be the golf course. It's got to be the event. Um, you can you take a chance on him, like you say. If, if he doesn't pan out this week and there's something wrong, you don't go back to him, do you? It's not like you're taking. Yeah, I mean, he would. You know, like you know, compared to to you know, for me, the Ferguson and the, and the Guido bet. Uh, sorry, Ferguson, Blurath and Guido. He's like miles behind. Yeah. I just thought uh, this is. If you said at the end of the year, where do you want to back him? And he's going to be 66. And you, you didn't worry about form. I'd, I'd be picking this all over the place. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, yeah. Absolutely. The, the, the Dane that I kind of looked into, uh, which didn't didn't quite go for him in the end, John Axelson. I, I just think mm. that we may give up on him a bit too quickly because he shot 80-77 last week. The, the worry is the ball striking was absolutely terrible. But when that's I looked good. at... The um, ball striking here from a couple of years ago, Brad, like he led the field in approach with 10.72 shots gained on approach. And then he was second behind Wiesberger overall. He's won on this course on the Nordic Golf League. Uh, I think he's played pretty well in the event uh, when it's actually been the maiden himland. He was 17th and that was back in 2021 as well. So, you know, it's... Yeah. I mean, look, he's, he's actually... You go back to 2016, even he played in this event. And he was 12th going into the final round, finished 40th. Um, five years later, he's in the mix all day, all week. And then last year, he wins, as as you would expect, him still in the Nordic Golf League, given his profile. So I think there's something about him. His ball striking was just awful last week to kind of put me off a little bit. But Axelson would be the dame for me if I was going to go to mm-hmm. one. But um, Brad, coming back to you finally for, for another pick after we've yes. dominated mid range there uh, with Kelly Samoya. Yes. Yeah, Kelly Samoya. Uh, I think you're 80 to one, uh, eight places about him. Yeah. So he's he's missed his last two cuts, um, but each time uh, just by one shot. And he is the type of player that can miss like a bunch of cuts, then pick up a result. His win at the Porsche Open, he closed with a 64. But yeah, last year that came off the back of three missed cuts. Um, his most recent top 10 at the Italian Open came off two missed cuts. And uh, yeah, despite missing the weekend by one, he actually hit the ball really well last week at the British Masters. He gained over two strokes on approach, uh, 1.8 strokes around the green and uh, 3.6 strokes tee to green. Um, Had a terrible week again on the greens. Uh, It has been his Achilles heel all year, but I don't really mind uh, taking a chance on a poor putt around here. Um, And he's had some joy here in the past, albeit at challenge tour level. He finished second back in 2018. Um, a year later, he played on the DP World Tour. Uh, he did comfortably miss the cut. Uh, but yeah, I, I find it strange that he hasn't come back since then. Obviously, being Scandinavian, being quite close to home. Um, but yeah, he's got some interesting form times that could back up that it's a good course for him. Uh, fifth at Doha in Qatar, as we've already said. Um, we like that link, exposed course, past winners, Wilson, Warren, etc. Uh, runner-up finishes there. Um, second at Cran, something Jason's already mentioned. I don't mind that at all. Uh, obviously, a completely different setup, but it still has the risk-reward uh, opportunities. Uh, Wiesberger, I've actually said his name right. Warren <laughs> and Dredge have had success at both courses. Um, and, yeah, he, he does struggle for consistency. Uh, definitely a tough player to get right, but... 
uh, I think there's been some promising signs and I don't think the two missed cuts um, really tell the full story and it could be time to take a chance on him. So yeah, I quite like him this week. Yeah, like it. Uh, I've, I've got, I'm starting to go into rogue territory now uh, for my picks. I've basically just back in a bunch of non-winners this week, which is uh, quite alarming for me, but I'm going to stick with it anyway. Uh, the next one for me is Adrian Sadier, who you can back at 110 to one with the eight places on Bet365. I just think his form right now is is really solid. Um, he, he's been in in and around the kind of top 20, top 30. He's been 22nd, 31st and 28th. Uh, it's been charged by really consistent ball striking, which is something you love to see of any player, but particularly someone like Sadier. He's been 15th and 24th the last two weeks uh, in strokes game approach. And then he was 30th and 25th in strokes game T to green. He had two top six rounds last week in terms of strokes going T to green. He was second in the Made in Denmark Challenge event in 2017, which was at a different golf course. But when you look at who played well there, Nicholas Norgard Moller was fifth. Uh, Julian Suri was 11th, who's won here. Stephen Brown was 14th, who's been second here. And Francesco Laporta was 14th, who's been fourth here. So I love all of that. I love the fact that he's um, fourth at the Portugal Masters in 2019. So he finishes two shots short of Stephen Brown, who won and again has been second here. So everything kind of links in really nicely to Sadie. If there's anything to that Portugal Masters thing, and the Denmark Challenge in, in 2017, where he was second. Tees Green game's great right now. And when you look at it, he was 41st on debut here, but he was actually seventh going into the weekend. So it's a lot to ask for someone like Sadier to win. It's probably going to be quite a lot to ask for someone like Jordan, Pavon and Law to win, um, given the you know the list I've done so far. But I, it just feels like one of those events where I, I can just see the winner like this. We've looked at players. I know I've rattled off a list of players that have won multiple times before winning here, but I've also not, you know, I've not said the people that have come second, which is people like Jonathan Thompson and, you know, just particular players that don't necessarily win. So I think it is a course that, you know, you've got your Bradley Dredges, who, of course, did win a couple of times, but generally struggled to do it. You've got Daniel Gorn, who's been second, Terry Pedicabilcadaris. Like, you've got some, you know, some rogue runner-up places at this course, as well as um, some strong winners. So, I think there is an opportunity there for some more action. So I like that. And then at the same price um, or thereabouts, Justin Waters, again, 110 to 1. I'm going to stick with him just from last week. I thought he was really, really solid. He was right in the mix. Uh, should have finished way better than he did. Uh, just just fell away. It was, it was a really poor final round. Uh, we know that's kind of what you get with Jonathan Waters, but... It was just how alarming it was and how early it happened that was kind of concerning. But he was eighth going into the final round, which means he was he was right there considering Jordan was only three strokes back in, in uh, 11th. And it was actually his best ball striking round of the week on Sunday. It, just, it was just a really bad week, with the, uh, really bad round with a putter. So I was happy with that. He was eighth in the final round with his irons, which was great to see. And he comes back to a course where he's eighth last year, where he opened up with 63 and shot 66 on Saturday. And he's also been 14th in the past. So I liked all of that. And then if there is, again, anything in that Portugal Masters link that I've kind of picked up, uh, he's been second there twice, which generally hovers around the fact that you're trying to keep his card. Um, but, you know, we're getting to that time of business time of the year again. It's not not something that will be in the back of his mind. It should be something that's in the back of his mind, sorry. So um, I like Justin Waters again at 110 to 1. So, Four, five, kind of 
non-winners, if you like, but someone, all the players I think are improving and can uh, can come here. And then Brad finished us off in uh, the well, Maidenhead I'll finish you off with another non-winner. <laughs> yeah. um, that has actually come close on quite a few occasions. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go Jason Scrivener uh, and get 125 to 1, seven places with Betway. And yeah, he's been hugely out of sorts this year, which is quite surprising really as he finished... Uh, 2022 really strong and he started off this year in, in similar form like he finished tied seventh at the Abu Dhabi championship and, but then since then it's just been like woeful he hasn't finished better than tied 30th and he's missed five of his last eight cuts um, that being said he he bounced back well last week after opening with a 76 he shot 70 in his second round and missed the cut just by a shot and uh, he gained over two strokes tee to green and hit it particularly well off the tee uh, just had a poor week with the putter, uh, but at the Scandinavian mix the week before, he gained over three strokes and it was his best club in the bag. So, yeah, I'm just hoping he can sort of piece it all together this week on a on a course that suits. In four appearances at Himalayan, he's finished 14th, 25th and 3rd last year, which was his best result. And he's missed a cut only once. Um, yeah, decent record. And he also has form elsewhere that links to here. Um, I looked at Selwick Manor. There's a little bit there's a little bit there. Obviously, it's a longer course, but it's still exposed. And Warren, um, Horsey, um, Peters, they've all played well at both. He's finished eighth and 14th there. Um, uh, and I know you like the Portugal link, Tom, if you've been going on. Um, mm. Right. So um, he's never missed a cut in six appearances there. Uh, three top 20s and an eighth place finish. Uh, 19th in Qatar, as we've been saying. Um, so, yeah, a, a lot that could possibly point to here. But ultimately, his form at this course is good. And, yeah, he's in much need of a result and a performance. And I'm just taking a chance that it's this week. And 125 to 1 could be a big price. Um, yeah. I think with him and, and Helly Kilda, you're getting, a, you're getting the players that, have flashed something earlier in the season and coming back to a course they really love and and that's the the kind of chances I think you've got to take at this golf course especially someone that, that showed a little bit in the second round last week so yeah Tom, nice Tom, you your, your access to bet is miles better than you think it is it's a fantastic bet there you go. as you've been talking yeah it's a fantastic bet four one top 20 I think I don't know if there's bigger around I only saw a couple of places yeah um, if you ignore last week his average finish over the last five before that is 21st and he comes to track, sorry to go on, he comes right. to track that he's one on. Um, he's uh, he shot lower than Rasmus and Nikolai in uh, uh, World Amateur Team Championship not that long ago. Um, yeah, I, do you know what? It's a fantastic bit. Yeah, John Axelson, ringing endorsement. It's got a good mix of players there. I think we're going to find out now whether, you know, you do need a couple of wins under your belt before coming here or whether it is a small sample size and eventually... You, you'll see a list of couple, you know, new winners as well. So looking forward to that. Jace, any more to add on the Maiden Himland before we move on? No. Cool. Excellent. Let's go to the John Deere Classic then, uh, an event that we all know pretty well. Denny McCarthy, Russell Henley, joint favourites at 16 to 1. Cameron Young at 18 to 1. Adam Hadwin at 28 to 1 with Ludwig Agberg, Aberg. And Adam Schenk and Emiliano Grillo at 30 to 1. We're going to have an interesting discussion here at the top uh, about the players that we do like. I think it's a, an interesting mix. So I understand the Denny McCarthy and Russell Henley thing. I think I would definitely take Henley over McCarthy if given the yeah. choice. Uh, not going to go with either, so it doesn't really matter. But if someone was asking me, that would be the way I'd go. 
Cameron Young can forget about for now, not interested. Mm-hmm. Hadwin looks decent at value, I think. But it, I'm going to start with Adam Schenk. And I know that the conversation around Adam Schenk at the moment is this is too short. Like it's, he's 30 to 1, he's too short. And I get that. But I was listening back to our podcast from last year uh, on this event. He was 50 to 1 that week. He was 50 to 1 last week when he's basically hadn't done anything really, other than his course form where he'd had the sixth and the fourth here. He hadn't really proven on, on tour that he had a chance to win. It was kind of all a little bit, you know, oh, he's flashed here, he's done a little bit of a few things there. He's been second twice this season, and I think the improvement is actually being slightly overlooked. Um, he's, you know, had a second and two seventh place finishes in the past five starts. The seconds have been at Colonial and Valspar, two courses I really like. His approach play has come on leaps and bounds. Um, he's been gaining strokes with the irons in seven straight events, seven straight events, and he's gained on the greens in four of his last five as well. You add in the fact that he's been. I, I genuinely think he's on the track. Like if, if we think Denny McCarthy's on the track to winning the event, I don't see why Adam Schenk isn't. He's done mm-hmm. the same, if not more. He's actually looked, I think, pretty good in those couple of occasions at Valspar. Colonial, maybe you could argue he should have done a bit more, and we'll come on to to who he lost to in a minute. But like. He's been there. He's, he's hung around. He's 100 spots higher in the mar- in the world rankings. I know that's imperfect considering what's happening with Liv and things like that, but he is a better player than he was here a year ago. And he's been, he's only gone from 50 to 1 to 30 to 1. And he's shown two chances of winning even this season. And he's had three top sevens in his last five starts. So I actually think the 30 to 1 is absolutely fine for Schenk. And I will, you know, die on that hill for now because I think... Mm-hmm. That's going to be the opposite opinion of quite a few this week, and I, and I do get that. So, um, Adam Schenk for me. Jace, give us why it's Emiliano Grillo at this price as to why you should... Uh, oh, he's a big Schenk. At <laughs> uh, and he's not a whole season host, uh, unfortunately. Uh, giving him seven pound penalty. Um, no, I, no, we discussed this as soon as the market opened. I thought Grillo would be third or fourth in. Um, and when he was a bigger price, again, it's this is the way I'm going to do it. When he was a bigger price than McCarthy, Schenk and... Uh, Aberg, it was like, I just thought it was silly. Um, I remember McCarthy last year. I had a one and done last year with JT Poston. That was a, yeah. I, I think it was my last winner. Um, <laughs> um, and, and I was watching everybody from behind us. Chris got her up, who um, is a tee green machine, but couldn't putt. Um, and then you had uh, Denny McCarthy, who, you know, was like the greatest putter in the world at the time. Um, and eventually, as the uh, event hot, hit, what's it up? As the event as the event heated up, hmm. um, McCarthy started losing his putting a little bit, um, and I'm not, not I, I can't knock him. They're, they're all playing fantastic golf. Um, you know, McCarthy's obviously you know had his playoff loss at Hillfield, led halfway with the Highland. That's elevated his status. Um, but again, really boring. We haven't seen him do it. I know they win. I appreciate that, but it's yeah. the price that they are to win. That's my problem. Not they're never going to win. McCarthy might win ten. But at the price, um, I, I just can't have it. You know, you've got. Um, I don't know. Has Aberg drifted? Is he? I've, I've got in front of me. Still sub 28. Yeah, I mean, he, he could be the second coming. And far <laughs> me to, to, to argue against uh, Matt. I haven't heard the, the what's it called? The um, DraftKings version. But, you know, far for me to, to go against. You know, he believes Aberg is like a machine. Um, that the difference in price now is absolutely ridiculous. You know, it could but, be Tiger Woods. He could be the second coming. 
but he yeah. faded away really badly at River Highlands and Detroit. Both of those tracks um, hugely significant. I love this because you've got the crossover from Travelers with Spieth, Shambo, Berger, Harmon, and then you've got Rocket Mortgage Champions, Cameron Davis to Shambo, also go like showed up really well at this venue. Um, so I love this little sort of trio of courses because I think they, they have such a massive form link as well as being in form. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I thought Abu just faded away. So you go down the list. Schenk makes an awful lot of sense. I agree with you, Tom. You know, he yeah. should have perhaps won Colonial. Yeah. Um, really, really impressive Tita Green. I just thought, why was Grio 10 points plus bigger at the time? Yeah. I, I genuinely didn't understand it. Um, yeah. He well, the, the, the market's corrected now, isn't it? It's, it's mm. it, it has It has now. Um, I mean, he's listed in the top 12 for approach play um, on five occasions uh, since Bay Hill. Um, he's obviously led the field at the Arnold Palmer. He ranked 12th at last week at the Travellers. Uh, sorry, two weeks ago at the Travellers. 15th at River Highlands is his best finish there since 2018. Um, after that, he suffered a slump. I mean, Grio just went, didn't he? I remember us talking about Grio all the time. Mm. And he can never win. He's just Tita Green. He just never ever wins. A bit Joe Durante, really. You know, huge Tita Green, but not, you know, never been able to win. Um, but he's come back. He's come back fantastically. He's been trending in the right direction before the win, I think. Uh, form figures 75-23. Not worried about his miscut the PGA. That's not particularly no. his grade now. Um, and obviously he beat Schenk and he beat Scotty Scheffler. So if you want to talk about people banging in things not winning, as amazing as it's say, it's Scotty Scheffler, isn't it? You know, the greatest Tita Green player of like literally of all time. And we've not enough ones next to his name now. Not saying six months ago, but now. Um, Rio obviously has improved his putting, which was a thing that held him back uh, from winning far more tournaments. Um, he's ranking six for putting average of his uh, Green's hit. Uh, he's got positive figures of five of his last seven starts with a putter. Um, and last year he was plus 8.5 strokes Tita Green and plus four for putting. Um, I cannot see him out of the frame. You can get eight places like I did, mm. or 10 places, or 200 places, whatever you bet. I can't see him out of the eight. Uh, it's, it's, this is absolutely his gaff, and it's just a matter of whether he does positive stuff with a flat stick. Yeah, no, I agree with a lot of that. I, look, I think I think with Aberg, it's it's you know, and people people get this the opinion like there's people that are saying he's overrated he's not overrated in, in terms of a player as a player we, we don't know enough yet to know how good or whatever he can be he's properly rated as a player he's everything has been said about him he's shown it in small doses we know he's gonna be a good player he's overrated in the betting market because the, the bookies know that people are desperate to back these players at any number because they do just win earlier now they're they're they're, they're impatient but there's your point. There's your point. It isn't about how good they are. We don't talk about how good they are. We're not talking about how many no. they're going to win. We're talking about, you know, can you back them at the price? That's yeah. it. Like, I don't. I don't think. I don't know that I'd bet a burger forty to one. No, I'm not sure I'm, either. I'm, 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 like, and if you know, so I think it's wrong, and, and I feel the same way about Cameron Young. But like, uh, I can't believe. It. I'm just like the more I look at Adam Hadwin's name, the more I kind of like it because, you know. Considering where he's he's won is is the Valspar Championship where he's played some of his best golf is kind of fifth place finishes at uh, Colonial and stuff which are two courses that I really like so you know seventh and eighth in Valspar and Colonial as well so he's got a bunch of form in those courses and playing really well I look I liked what he looked like in the, the Rocket Mortgage last week so I think there's uh, you know when you take Hadwin Schenk and Grillo 
directly against McCarthy, Young and um, Aberg, and I'm purposely leaving out Henley because I, I think he can be better than all of them. Like, I, I think there's, I think it's the wrong way around this market, which is interesting. Um, I, th- I think people are just really high on McCarthy when, and I get it, but I, I just think that, and look, it feels very much like Ricky Fowler last week, like he's eventually going to get the win that he deserves, but yeah. If he, I, wins, I, if he wins at that price, so yeah, the same. I said the same thing about Ricky Fowler last week. If he wins, he wins, exactly. and yeah. I'll be happy for him if it's not directly against the person I bet on. I um, there'll be a load of Ryder Cup talk, which would be funny, and that there'll be lots of Denny McCarthy takes. And and look, he's really improved as a golfer this season and deserves to be up there. I just don't think he's going to perform. I, I reckon mentally, as, as he knows he's a favourite, he might struggle. Um, so moving swiftly on. Back-to-back picks for you, Brad, in the 33-1 to range with Stephen Yeager yeah. and Eric Cole. Yeah, so Eric Cole, first and foremost, what an incredible rookie year he's having. <laughs> um, he came close to winning earlier in the year at the Honda. They lost in the playoff to Kirk, who I also strongly considered again this week. About, anyway, lost in the playoff to Kirk. Uh, but yeah, it didn't take him long, which is what I like, to get going again. Uh, finished tied fifth at Mexico Open, um, 15th at the USPGA and uh, Ty Sip at the Canadian Open more recently. So, yeah, he's on a good little run uh, at the moment, uh, four consecutive cuts. He took last week off to compete in a mini tour in Pittsburgh and won comfortably, donated his winnings back to charity, which is a nice touch. Uh, but, yeah, he clearly lives and breathes the game, um, dominated on the mini tours for years, and now he's taking his chance at the top level. I'm, I'm a massive fan of his. Um, I think Sky's been following him for years as well mm. on the mini tours, as, my, as my, I have as well. And yeah, he's just got a great attitude. And this event is just right up his street. He, he makes birdies for fun. He's ranked 23rd for birdie average and has gained strokes and approach um, in his last three starts. Um, he played here a couple of years ago, I assume. He, he Monday qualified into the event. Um, but yeah, he missed a cup, uh, 69-74. Yeah, he's a, he's a different beast now, and I'll, I'll be very surprised if he isn't contending come Sunday. Yeah, I think he he's top five, I believe, in birdie or better uh, percentage on the season. Mm-hmm. I think it was something like that. I mean, I'm just going to double check that. The only thing that I found with Eric Cole, and it's very hard to argue with what he's doing, when I looked at the three courses that, that I liked, it was the Valspar, um, yeah. the Colonial, and Travellers, and he's been miscoming cut 24th in those, but I think players like this eventually just overcome yeah. that. Like you got to look at the picture of him. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to know. I, I like him. So Eric Cole, I completely agree with. I like the the stuff on that. Steven Yeager. Yes, Steven Yeager. So um, I, I don't back him too often. Uh, I did quite a lot back on the Corn Ferry Tour. Obviously, he's six time winner there. Um, but yeah, as of yet, he hasn't been able to translate that success over to the PGA Tour. Um, but he is on a good run of form at the moment. Hasn't missed a cut in eight starts. Um, 18th at the Mexico Open, 11th at Byron Nelson and 9th at the Rocket Mortgage. Probably standout results in them last eight starts. And yeah, he's just been excellent tee to green throughout the season. He ranked 30th, he's ranked 30th um, for the year. And his game around the greens has just been outstanding. Um, ranked 9th. So, yeah, he's, he's just very in and out um, with the flat stick. And that's something that he found in the final round last week at the Rocket Mortgage. He closed with a 60, uh, 63 sorry, and gained 4.6 strokes putting. Um, I just think that's something extremely positive to bring into 
what we had this week, which is a putting contest. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like that. And he's he's also another one that's um, high on the birdie front, uh, 51st for birdie average, um, which is good, but I don't think it does him justice. As I was saying earlier, on the Corn Ferry Tour, this guy was a birdie machine. Um, he's, he's definitely got another gear, um, which he hasn't shown yet. And on a course like this, uh, which resembles a lot of the courses he used to have success on at Corn Ferry Tour level, like he should be looking to win and break through. Um, but yeah, he, he's, he's played here a couple of times in the past. He's missed the cut on his first try, which was back in 2018. But last year, he finished tied 30th in close of a 66, which was his best round. Um, so yeah, given his current form, um, sort of a newfound consistency, I, I fully expect him to better that result this year and uh, hopefully he'll be up there. Yeah, I think I've, I've been looking at Jaeger for a, a decent period of the season just because he's been so consistent, right? Like you say, T-Screen's been really mm. consistent. The, the results have been consistent without really um, contending, right? But I, I, I can't work out what is the difference between him contending now and I guess it is just the putter that's going to change anything for him. Yeah, and that was that. That's why I really liked him this week, other than others, because obviously that final round he gained 4.6 strokes putting, which I just think yeah, it could be like a mental thing. Um, he could come into this week with his newfound confidence with the power, and it could be the the difference. That's what yeah. might, might well be. Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's the, there's plenty to like about those players. Um, Alex Smalley is the next one for me. I've taken the 30 to 110 places just to give myself a little bit of protection with him. Um, but I, I just think he's, I think he's a really improving player. He's a player that is gaining shots and approach, you know, regularly. And that's what I like to see about a player coming into TPC Deer Run. We saw it last week, uh, last year with JT Poston, hit his irons well, Travellers finished second and then won here. And, you know, he's, He's been eighth and third the last two starts in approach. He's gained strength in 11th of his past 12 starts over all his irons. Ninth for the Travellers, 18th for the Wells Fargo. Top 25 finishes at both the PGA and the Canadian Open. He's in really good shape. And the three courses, some of the three courses I looked at, Travellers, Colonial and Wyndham, he's finished ninth, 27th and 13th. So I really liked that. Uh, he was inside the top 10 for each of the last three rounds last week in the straight skin approach. So it was sustainable all the way through. And I think as he's a pretty streaky putter, and I think that can come to the fore here. 47th on debut, uh, but he was 18th going into the weekend, um, and he finished 16th with a round of uh, six. You know, with a round of six. Sorry, on his debut, he was 47th, but he was 18th going into the weekend. And last year, he returned, finishing 16th with a close round 66. So he's had two opportunities now to really contend at this golf course. 18th going into the weekend and then finishing 16th with a 66. So I think Smalley's an improver. I like everything about him and I'm going to stick with him. He was someone that I kind of went to last year a lot um, um, and, and I'm going to I do would, it. I, would, I also am always back in Smalley, but always on the wrong week. So, <laughs> yeah, I was on him last week and, yeah, uh, if I miss out, it's going to suck. But I am I am pretty certain that his breakthrough win is going to come at the Wyndham. At his home track. Yeah. So I'm saving it for that, hopefully. <laughs> would make, it would make sense. Um, Jason, let's go with Ches Reeve. He's now gone down to 60 to 1 uh, as the best price with eight places. So it is sneaking in, but I'll let you give your spill on Ches Reeve and then I'll follow up. There's nothing wrong with that. He went off 50 to 1 for this last year. Mm. Uh, and he went off there having, uh, no, sorry. Um, yeah. Um, obviously, he's got 2021 finish of 18th. 
uh, in a previous pair of top 15 finishes. That's why he went on 51 last year. Yeah. Um, has he done anything different or, or particularly any worse than what he's doing? He's actually had a win in between, hasn't he, I think? Um, yeah, won the Barracuda, yeah. Yeah, so uh, previous to his, his win in Barracuda last year, um, he posted 27th Colonial, 8th River Highlands. This time he comes here being 12th at the halfway um, at uh, Colonial and obviously in second place after three rounds in Connecticut. You were on at something stupid last week, 401 or something, weren't you? Yeah. Um, I mean, we were all on as well. I think the world was on because it was just a ridiculous price. This is the price it should have gone off, really, from <laughs> 400 to 1. Um, he's made six consecutive cuts. Um, four of his last eight rounds have been low to mid-60s. We know he can birdie like a machine. Um, he recorded an average of between five and a half and six strokes for approaches in Tita Green. Um, he's going to be there. He's got the River Highlands and Deer Run form. Um, Obviously, we, we discussed the River Highlands link with this. Yeah, um, it's fantastic. I say that it runs two weeks before this and the Rocket Mortgage. Um, he just knows too much. Again, he's a, a bit like it's a bit like the old stuff. He's a previous winner. Um, sorry, he's a winner in the, within the last twelve months. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just what you want. He he is in the JT post and mould. Um, as is another player that I've left out. I've never didn't wish I put in. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you want. He's just going to bang, 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 bang away, isn't he? You know that's what he's going to do. And it's purely a matter of whether he, he, he puts... And he, he is. He's, he's very similar to Poston of last year. And, um, well, yeah, what do you want? He's doing nothing wrong other than fading away at the Travers, which, you know, I can forgive. I mean, you know, he's played well enough for three rounds. Um, yeah, 71 or whatever you've got this week. What did you get this week? Yes, yeah, it's 70, yeah. It has to be wrong, doesn't it? I mean, like, again, I'm not having a go, but, you know, you, got, you could have had three of the very top lot for one Ches Reedy, and mm. they haven't won. So, uh, whatever. Price-wise, it's wrong, isn't it? it well, it just, it, it's, just that, it's just that type of event where anyone can win it, and it just does just come down to, I think, who's hot with their irons. It does feel very current form-esque. You know, you look at the fact that the Travellers yeah, links yeah. in well, but it's because it's beforehand. Um, you go back to 2008, he was 41st, but he was actually 12th after 54 holes and 12th at the halfway mark. He was fifth where he was the first round. Uh, he was the, the leader after 36 holes. It was second round 62. Uh, he's been 15th here where he was 10th at the halfway mark. Shot 61 on Friday. So look out for him on Friday, apparently. Um, he was 39th here when he was six, uh, seventh after round one, and then he was 18th here, like you said, two years ago, where he was third at the halfway mark. It's Ches Reeve is is playing unbelievably good golf. It's been coming for a little while, and he finally comes to the fore at the Travellers. He didn't do it in the final round, but he he wasn't horrendous. He just couldn't quite get going, and you know Bradley got off to a hot start, and it was over pretty quickly for him. But he seemed pretty buoyed by the fact that he's just been playing well recently. He then leads the approach last week at the Rocky Mortgage. And it's and it's that form that, you know, with his irons that kind of led us to picking him at the Travellers. And and it's carried over. And actually, that iron performance last week was his best since uh, the 16th at Pebble Beach in 2021. Like you said, nine of his last 10 cuts, finished inside the top 25 on four occasions. I like the fact he's had top six finishes at the Travellers and the Valero uh, Texas Open as well. Um, sorry, at the Colonial. So I, I love it. I, I think that I think everything about that is is great. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy Just to be on Rebecca. Horse racing form line again. 
<laughs> web tour, web.com tour championship from mm. uh 2015. Emiliano Grillo beat Chez Revy. There we there there go. go. There's your there's your reverse forecast for <laughs> I like it. We're uh, we're getting to reverse forecast now. I, I I do enjoy those. Um similar similar thinking, uh not been as sustainable the form, but Lucas Glover just coming back and played really, really well last week. His irons were great. And he found a putting stroke. He did it. He's got this broom handle putter, which I don't know if he's just put in uh, last week, but it seems to be a pretty new thing based on the commentary. Uh, sixth in approach last week, 10th in the same category in Canada. Uh, in general, he's been gaining strokes of his irons in eight of the past nine starts. He's got a win in three more top 15s this event. And I just think in a year where you've got Bradley, Rose, Fowler, Day all coming back to, to win after little barren spells. I mean, Glover's only got to go back two years to this event for his last win. Um, I, like, I really like him. I think him and Ches Revy are just the perfect mole for this. They're just these wily veterans that are not going to get carried away. They know how to, you know, make birdies in 20 under par events. Uh, just love just love Lucas Glover and Ches Revy. So they're the two for me that, that really stood out. Um, it, I just I think it's easy to get carried away and just go like they're the ones and they're definitely going to win but that's just they, they do feel like really good 60, 70 to 1 shots so I'm on both of those um, Jace who are you finishing off with this week? Uh, I'll be very quick because we're running over mm-hmm. uh, well, I've taken a chance with David Lipsky mm-hmm. um who, who uh, hasn't really kicked on from that fourth uh, Sony Open at the beginning of the year. But still, if you look carefully, it's only at the end of May, the end of June, where he's uh, top 20 at both the uh, Charles Schwab and the Memorial. Um, it is a big chance. I mean, obviously, I've taken him because uh, I think the course will suit 24th here on his only run um, so far. Absolutely fine. Um, yeah, I, I think he can raise his game at a lower level. Two of his three... Uh, career wins of coming 25 and 18 under. So he can do a job. If you look at the best of his form, um, he sort of worked his way around um, Leopard Creek. He's worked his way around Crans. I'm not suggesting this is going to be the same, but he's going to have to, you know, you're going to have to be spot on with your eyes. You're going to have to give yourself enough 10, 12, 15 foot putts. Um, Greens of regulations pointless, isn't it, really? Because um, yeah. you'll be 45 feet away. Um, I think at his best, he can get involved. Um, yeah, you know, he's got six top tens. They're, they're, they're probably the best of those are over on our side of the water, Abu Dhabi, Valderrama. Uh, but he's still got the top 10 Corrales and the Mexico Open behind Ram and Finau. Um, I, I just thought I was looking for a couple of three figure pokes, and I've no idea what Lipsky's going to do, but this sort of appealed as a short, accurate type uh, track. And then the next one, I looked at uh, Kevin Yu. Um, well, I bet last week, but I've, I've gone off. I don't think this is his sort of course. Yep. I looked at Doug Gim, um, who might be finally getting somewhere near his very best. He's obviously number one amateur in the world, but I'm going to put Gim in with um, Axelson as a top 20 double. But yeah, yeah so I moved on 125 to one or thereabouts to Carl Yuan or Carl Wan or whatever. I'm sure Brad will tell me how he actually Yuan. Yeah, you got it right. Is it Yuan? Yuan. Okay, I mean, he's finding his feet at this level. Um, winner on his home tour, obviously, over there. Uh, brilliant 2022. Uh, one in Louisiana on the KFT. Four top fives, four top tens. Um, and he got in 
Uh, we should have got in two years ago, I think, um, but popped off to the Olympics rather than sort of sort out his PGA Tour card for the last six events of 2021. He's there now, though, um, made three consecutive cuts earlier on in the year, Houston, Iverson and Sony. Um, so at the end of end to beginning of this year, um, had a bit of a lull um, and he's come back. He's come back with a halfway lead at the Canadian Open, um, saying that his only goal is to retain his card. Um, that's obviously a bit of a worry, but at least it means that he's trying to give his shot. Um, finished uh, finished 18th at Canada, landed another top 20 at Detroit last week. Third round, 64, got him inside the top 10 going into payday. Um, he's a big hitter, he should be able to club down. Hopefully, that will mean that he can smash away at the Irons. Um, he's got steady seasonal figures for T to green. Like we say, I don't know what his ceiling is. He could be anything. Um, he might need uh, a longer track to, to make more sense. But we've always said at 125 to one or three, three figures about a player that we don't know how good they are and they've got decent back form, um, we'll take a chance. So whilst I don't think he's probably going to win, I think I'll get a run at 125. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, absolutely like it. Uh, Brad, when I said that Ches was going to win this week, you oh. came back with, is that going to be Ches and Hadley? Uh, which I thought was very funny. Um, I'm also intrigued, also intrigued as to why you think that Ches and Hadley will win this tournament. I'm not sure he does win this tournament. Um, yeah. uh, this, this is a first for me. I can't recall ever um, backing Chess and Hadley. I might have backed him top 20 in the past, but um, yeah, certainly not outright or each way. Uh, but yeah, anyway, it feels like the, the type of event to get a bit weird. And he jumped out at me this week. Um, he, he missed four cuts in a row um, not so long back that he somewhat turned a corner. He's made his last three cuts, uh, 43rd at the Canadian Open, 24th at the Travellers and 33rd at the Rocket Mortgage last week. And yeah, nothing in particular to shout about from a statistical standpoint. He's, he's gained strokes to a degree in his last three starts, but not excelling or doing poorly in any category. Um, he has a mixed record at TPC Deer Run um, from six visits. He's missed the cut three times, but also has finished his of 25th, 34th, and he was 10th last year, which is his best ever result there. Um, and yeah, he came into this event last year in good form. He's coming off a fifth at the Travellers. Um, obviously, it's not quite the same this time round. But what I found interesting was that last week was easily his best ever result at the Rocket Mortgage. Um, prior to last week, he had played at Detroit Club four times, missing the cut three times with 52nd being his best finish. Um, so yeah, that was enough. Um, for me to sort of get on board um, he has gone as low as 63 around here in the past so and that was in the first round so it could also be a good first round leader candidate um, I don't have high expectations for him this week but at 100 to 1 um, and 110 in some spots I think he's plenty big enough uh, to chance and yeah he jumped out so I couldn't resist him so yeah cheers yes. and Hadley interesting you say first round leader that's what he did in Canada first round leader of a sixth of the halfway then he finished 24th for Travellers, like you said, and he was 7th at the halfway there. So he's been in position uh, the last couple of weeks, and, and that's always good to see. Mm -hmm. um, from one weird bet to another, I'm going to go with, he's 350 to one of the eight places. You can still get 400 to one if you're bold enough to take five places on Kelly Craft. Um, but he's he was 38 for the Travellers, and he was 40th last time out uh, at the Rocket Mortgage. Hardly exciting, but the Travellers, he opened for 65 and then closed the weekend with 68 and 66 uh, in much better company. 
he was actually 13th that week at, at CBC River Highlands with his irons, uh, which I was really encouraged by. Like That's something to, to really shout about in a field of that strength. You then look at the fact that he's five for five for made cuts here. He finished fifth on his debut, second round 64 there, vaults him into contention. And yeah, he's just have a good, you know, have a good start here. He opened with a 66 to be 11th after round one once. Um, he was 24th last year where he was seventh uh, after first six holes and 10th going into the final round. So there's probably two or three courses a year where Kelly Craft probably thinks that he can actually, you know, finish inside the top 10, top 20. And this is definitely one of them. So, Although you've got to go back to the Crellers where he was 16th and the nationwide on the on the Corn Ferry uh, August last year for kind of his top 20 finishes, I think the one's coming. And at 400 to one or 350 to one, I'm willing to take a chance in the outright as well. What what makes you laugh is that Ches Reevy was 400 to one to win a gold tournament and, and Kelly Craft is, and it probably just shows you that Ches Reevy should never have been 400 to one. But we can't keep harboring on the fact that he shouldn't have been 400 to one. Um, it's done now, isn't it? So let's summarise our picks in both events. Uh, I will start with the Maiden Himalayan event. So I've gone with Matthew Jordan at 50 to 1 with the eight places on Bet365. Same price for Matthew Pavon, Bet365, eight places. Same uh, 55 to 1 for David Law again, Bet365, eight places. Adrian Sadier and Justin Waters both at 110 to 1, Bet365 with the eight places. And then for me, it's uh, Adam Schenk in the John Deere Classic, 30 to 1 with the eight places. Alex Smalley at 30 to 1 with the 10 places on Coral. Uh, Reeve at 60 to 1, eight places. Glover, 66 to 1 with the eight places. And then Kelly Craft at 350 to 1, eight places. Uh, Brad, I'll come to you first for your picks. Okie dokie. Uh, for the Maiden Himmerland, I've gone for Alexander Bjork. At 18 to 1, that's a bet three six five eight places. Uh Cali Samoya, uh 80 to 1, same again, bet three six five eight places. And Jason Scrivener, 125 to 1, seven places, bet way or six places, sky bet. And then for the John Deere Classic, I have gone for Eric Cole. Let me just see, I haven't got the price written down. Sorry. Uh Eric Cole. One, Eric Cole. Yeah. 33 to 1. Yep, best place would be a bet 365 again, eight places. Uh, then I've got Jaeger, that's also 33 to 1, bet 365, eight places. And Cheston Hadley, uh, 100 to 1, William Hill, eight places. Absolutely. Jace, your picks for the week? Yeah, Himmelend, uh, Ewan Ferguson, Pablo Rafael, Guido Migliozzi, and um, uh, Mark Selly Kilda. And over at the John Deere, best bet of the week is Emiliano Grillo. Um, Ches Reevely, uh, David Lipsky, and Carl Yuan, and the top 20 double, John Axelson, who I wish I'd now put in, and uh, Doug Gibb, which pays about 16 and a half, 17 and one double. Never too late to put John Axelson in. Um, I think, it, I think it's my something... My mum used to say that. My mum used to say that. <laughs> well, never, never too late to put John Axelson in. Yeah, people in glass houses shouldn't throw <laughs> stones, two in a hand worth two in a bush, and never too late to put John Axelson in your top 10 games. <laughs> so yeah you've got a wise mum i would say um yes you know before a time <laughs> great week um two tournaments that probably don't deserve an hour and 20 minutes of conversation but no, also do love talking it's about pretty, them. Uh, the women's open um yep that yeah. deserves, that first time first time at pebble beach Mm-hmm. very excited to watch that that's the pick yeah. of the bunch this week that is absolutely brad you're, you're absolutely paying miles yeah. better than any of these two yeah Give mm-hmm. us give us one pick, Jace. Uh, Rose Zhang, top ten. 
There you go. Yeah. She's, uh, hasn't she broken the record here uh, for lowest round at Pebble Beach, I think, for a woman? She's got a video on, on nine at the moment, which I've got right about. Um, she's doing some amazing stuff. I think I think if I was, uh, I think Leona Maguire will go very well. Yeah, I really like uh, Maguire and um, that the uh, the girl Miyu Yamashita who's coming over from the JLPGA. She's been dominating over there this year. Um, so yeah, really interested to see how she goes. She's prices come in from 35s to 25s, but I still think 25s is a, a good price on her. Um, so yeah, excited to see how she goes. But yeah, there's plenty there. Um, our favourite Jason Ayaka Faru, another one. Yep. Yeah. Um, this is her type of course. You know, you oh. don't have to particularly long accuracy uh yeah oh, i can see her going well she, she won the scottish open as well linksy type she, so, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah she she's one uh, i really like uh so yeah there it is as you said mcguire as well so some good options there yeah brilliant brilliant tournament that is absolutely brilliant i know there's been a lot, new so lot coming through now aren't they sorry sorry tom yeah. the new lot are coming through you know i mean i'm not knocking any at all but the whole new lot are coming through now and um Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're exceptional. You've got they've got Bruning Ying, who is uh, you've won twice already on the LPGA and won the the Women's PGA Championship. Brad, who I think you were on, were you on that? I've one? been on twice. Yeah, I've been on both her wins. She's flying it. She was a really I didn't take her this week. She was one of the last off my shortlist. But yeah, she's her ball striking has just been off the charts. Um, and I wouldn't put it past her. She's 20 years old, but she's got nerves of steel. Nothing phases her. Wouldn't put it past her winning again back to back majors. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's a big price. Yeah, some bonus picks there. Uh, I did I did read uh, Matt Cooper's column. And it was interesting. He, he was talking about uh, G.I. Shin in mm. in that and the fact that she basically gave up the LPGA yeah. to be closer to her family, but is Pocket in really rocket. good form. Yeah. So, yeah. Pocket rocket. Yeah. She was amazing. Absolutely amazing at the time. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Trying to think of her nickname. She had something. Is it final round something? I can't think what it is. But yeah, she comes alive and she wins tournaments in the final round. It's something to do with that. Um, but yeah, she's uh, she's can easily win this. Yeah, great. she's won. She's won twice on the Japan LPGA this year, isn't yeah, she? And, and, and the JLPGA is a very strong, very strong standard. I mean, Yuka Sasso came over and won the US Open 300 to one, and she was coming off good form for the JLPGA. So. Yeah, I think you've got to keep an eye out for the crossover form there. There you go. Right, that is that is definitely it for the podcast. We've um, we've definitely run over. Uh, hopefully there's some winning picks there in that last couple of minutes to justify uh, some extra conversation there. Hopefully some one of our weird picks in Himaland or John Deere Classic come through. I think it's a Ches Reevee week and uh, we'll go on to, uh, to the Scottish Open next week. 